Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and happy Friday. Welcome to another episode of SEO Happy Hour with WDWC Plus. I'm happy to have my partners and SEO ninjas on the call and webinar with me. We are super stoked about today's call. It's going to be an amazing case study. I have Jason Hennessy with me and Jordan Castler. They're going to be going through one of our client case studies and the amazing, ridiculous results that we got in in less than a year, but we're going to go step by step from the beginning from the client inception all the way through the end on to where they are today and how we got there. So make sure you have a notebook, you're listening, you're not paying attention to anything else, and you're ready to take some notes because this is going to be some badass information and I want you to be able to take it along with you. Take those notes and, and if you haven't done so already, you're going to end this call by calling us to schedule an SEO audit because I'm pretty sure most of you are going to need it. Um, so with that said, just some quick maintenance. I want to make sure that everyone that is on the call can listen, I mean can hear, and that you can see our screens. You can see Jason, Jordan, and myself. They're going to be taking over. So um, you know, if someone wants to just wave or, or just let me know that you can hear, that would be awesome and we can go ahead and get started. We still have some people jumping on right now, but again, um, hopefully, since the theme is SEO happy hour, everybody has a cocktail, um, but if you're still at work, I respect that. Um, that's cool. <laughs> I wouldn't want, well, I am, never mind. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, so um, if you're on, let me know that you can hear me, and we'll go ahead and get started here in a couple minutes. Maybe, maybe let's have somebody in the chat box just say hi real quick. Yeah. Let's see. I'm going to write Alex Valencia's talking. There you go. <clears throat> all right. All good. I can hear you. Sweet. All right. Thank you guys for joining. Really appreciate you taking time from your day to... Um, watch and listen again. Take some notes, and we're going to go ahead and start get started. Jason, take it from here, man. Perfect. Um, and so, can everybody see my screen? Okay, is my uh, is my screen showing? <clears throat> it is. Yep. Okay. Perfect. So, I'm really excited today. Um, we're going to be sharing, uh, to Alex's point, a a case study on how we were able to, you know, really improve one of our clients' websites. Um, one thing that you will notice about us, whether we just kind of do a, an audit, like a preliminary audit on a phone call, or if we're actually engaged to be your digital partner, is that we're very transparent, right? We don't hide behind this magical SEO land that some people hide behind. Um, there really is no magic to SEO anymore. It used to be like, you know, it was like, you know, like, like you said, ninja status to do SEO. You know, nowadays, you know, everything is very transparent, and so what we do, we share. Um, and so you can probably take some information and insights from this webinar and go off and start to incorporate it yourselves, maybe without us. We take that risk by sharing this kind of stuff with you, but hopefully you guys want to be lawyers and you don't want to focus on the, the SEO because it does change. What works today might not work tomorrow, and so you have to have somebody that's kind of keeping up with, with those changes. So... Having said that, this is a case study, <clears throat> how to rank number one and increase the organic value of your law firm's websites and start generating more leads. All right, so let me 
make sure that I'm all good over here. Hold on one second. All right. There we go. Perfect. All right. So here's what we're going to learn exactly how we've helped one law firm 10 times their organic traffic value and triple their traffic numbers and keywords ranked in Google. We're going to learn how to calculate and boost the organic traffic value of the, your firm's website. So we're going to be sharing some of the tools that we use here to kind of monitor that stuff. We're going to learn how to scope out your competition to find out how you compare to them. And then we're going to learn some of the secrets to leveraging your website's content to your advantage in generating more leads. <clears throat> and a quick note, sorry, before you introduce us. Um, we're going to leave plenty of time for questions, so make sure you write down your questions, and, and we'll go ahead and get them answered. And if you can't wait and just want to type them in here while we're going through, we'll, we'll, we'll try to answer them. But we're definitely going to have time at the end to answer any questions that you might have. Sorry, Jason. Go ahead. No worries. No worries. So, you know, Alex is the co-founder of We Do Web Content. Uh, his firm started out as a, uh, as a content company focusing on, on writing legal content, you know, probably over 10 years ago. Uh, he's got a lot of experience. Um, you know, there's a formula that, that, that we use for writing content and is very well known throughout the legal industry. As far as me, I've um, been studying SEO since about 2001. Um, I speak at a lot of the legal marketing conferences. I also speak at a lot of the SEO and digital marketing conferences. I wrote on Washington Post, Fox Small Business, CBS, um, you name it. You know, I've been doing this for a long time, and it's a real passion of mine. Um, Jordan, I'll let you kind of introduce yourself. Sure, yeah. My name is Jordan Castellar. I'm located in Salt Lake City, Utah. I've been involved in SEO since this, about the same time Jason has, about 2001. Um, like Jason, I'm also an international speaker at these marketing conferences and SEO conferences. Um, I author and write on many different sites like Inc.com, Huffington Post, Search Engine Land, Search Engine Journal, Search Engine People, Marketing Land. Um, probably over a dozen sites that I help teach the industry this stuff that you're going to be learning today. And so, you know, between Jason and I, we make marketers like better marketers by helping, you know, teach and share what we learn like we're doing today. Um, you know, I've worked at many big brands over the years like Overstock.com. I've worked at many agencies. Um, and, you know, I've been with the team here since, since January and, uh, you know, learned a lot just from working with Jason and Alex, uh, you know, and, and we, we all teach each other and grow and keep our ears to the ground. And, we know all the you know upcoming Google algorithm changes, and so we keep our ears to the ground and make sure that you know we can do the best for our clients and in the regard of change and innovation. <clears throat> and I would definitely recommend like d d Google Jordan's name. Um, you know, you'll see a lot of his uh, his writings uh, on the first page for some of the most trusted websites that, like like Jordan had mentioned, where other SEOs go to learn how to do SEO. Um, so we, we not only are we you know heavily involved in the legal space I'd say like 90% of our clients are attorneys but we teach other marketers that are you know working for big enterprise companies like coca-cola and stuff like that about SEO too so all right so oh my gosh thanks Ryan um, no someone I think is already googling Jordan because they already asked for both your names Ryan <laughs> thank you yes I do <laughs> this question came through. Go ahead. Sorry. All right. So the case study is a, is a firm, Burger and Green. Uh, very good people. They've been around for a long time. Um, probably 
number one marketer in their in their market as it as it goes for uh, radio, TV, billboards. Um, you know, when they first hired us, they were working with uh, a large um, firm, uh, a digital marketing firm that have thousands of clients. Um, won't mention their name, but they were on a contract with them, and um, you know they their website wasn't really performing as well as it should have. Um, they really didn't have a content strategy. They didn't have a link strategy. You know, they just were kind of um, just floating along as it pertains to like their digital marketing. And so, when we first came on, it was back in July of 2016. <clears throat> this is a tool called SEM Rush. We can see back then. They were ranking for a thousand keywords, and so this does not take into consideration like long tail keywords. In order for a keyword to qualify on this tool, there has to be more than ten people searching for it per month. So they, that means that they rank for a thousand keywords where there's more than ten people searching for those keywords every month. Um, and so algorithmically, this tool tries to determine if they were going to build a Google pay per click campaign based on the traffic that they get from their rankings in Google for the terms that they rank for, how much would they have to pay Google every month for, uh, you know, for the same organic traffic that they get today. And so the value of their website was 17800 And at this point, you know, if you're listening, I'd welcome you to go to scmrush.com and just pop your URL in there and press search. And then you can get a better understanding of you know how many keywords that you rank for and the value of your uh, website. So again, um, seventeen thousand. This right here was a snapshot of some of the keywords that they were ranking for back then. So we can see like Pittsburgh uh, personal injury Pittsburgh. They're ranking position six. SSI Pittsburgh PA. They're ranking position eight. Pittsburgh auto accident lawyer position eight, right? So <clears throat> most of the keywords <clears throat> that we were targeting, that they were targeting at the time, they were, you know, at the bottom of the first page, and then a lot of them, you know, were off page two, page three, et cetera. So like right here, car accident attorney Pittsburgh, that's at the bottom of the first page there. <clears throat> and Jason, real quick, if you can, before um, you jump to the next thing, can you tell them? You know, right? I know right now they're in fifth position, but if you look to the right, it tells you like the traffic percentage of what that keyword means, um, and eventually that will all compound to to the calculation. So if you could touch on that a little bit for our audience. Yeah, this is actually. Is a, let me explain a couple of these. <clears throat> so right here, car accident lawyer Pittsburgh. Right, this is a is a very uh, important term, right? Because that could mean a lot of cases if you know the person that's ranking for that term. So they are in position ten on Google. Looks like there's 90 people per month estimated that do that search, right? The um, right here, this this data right here, so $262. That's how much the cost per click is. So if they were building out a pay-per-click campaign, you know, they'd have to pay $262 every time somebody clicks on their ad. So it's a very expensive keyword. And then based on where they rank, right? So if they rank in position 10, Google estimates that they get 0.2% of their traffic from that one keyword, right? So, you know, again, you know, as you start to get higher on, on, on the first page of Google, you'll start to get better estimates on your traffic percentages here. This number will go up. Um, but, you know, there's, you know, there's a lot of value in pushing these keywords higher, right? Because then you don't have to pay $262 per click because you're ranking organically. 
And just to add on to what Jason was saying earlier about this doesn't count long tail keywords. This just counts, <clears throat> excuse me, the keywords between position zero or one and 100. Um, so if someone were to type in um, not just law uh, lawyer in Pittsburgh, PA, if someone typed in find a lawyer in Pittsburgh, PA, that might not have enough search volume for SEM Rush to show that, that, that you're ranking for that keyword. But at the same time, since you rank for lawyer in Pittsburgh, PA, you're going to rank for all these derivatives of that keyword too. Find a lawyer in Pittsburgh, PA. Pittsburgh, PA, lawyer near me. That might not show in SEM Rush. So you know, for each keyword that you rank well for, there might be a couple of like sub-keywords that you have that you're also ranking for as well. So um, it doesn't show you the total volume of all your keywords, but it gives you a good idea. Like Google historically gets anywhere from 30 to 50% each day of their searches are new searches that Google has not seen before. So we do our, our, our keyword research and we try to find the keywords that we can optimize the most for, but we can't optimize for a mall because we can't anticipate what people are going to type in. Even Google doesn't know what they're going to see 30 to 50% of the time each day on a new daily basis. So if you got those core keywords that you're ranking for, like lawyer in Pittsburgh, PA, you'll be sure to rank for all those derivatives that you know, you're you not knowing what people are typing in, the things you can't optimize for. That's a good point. You know, and we, we will also share just a case study a little bit later. So they don't even have to type in Pittsburgh either. right? So Google is now smart enough and sophisticated enough that if somebody just does a search for car accident lawyer without putting in the geo modifier, um, Google will recognize the IP address that they're doing that search from and then match it up with the website that's optimized for that specific geo area, right? In this case, it would be Pittsburgh. And so we also have another strategy where we also go after a lot of the other local cities and counties as well, you know, to try to generate traffic for when people just do a search for car accident lawyer and they're in a completely different city outside of Pittsburgh, so we have pages that are optimized for that. And so I, I did a test on that out here in California to show you um, how that works, um, and so I'll get into that in a couple of slides as well. Real quick before we jump to the next slide, because uh, Jordan touched on something important that I'm sure everyone should take note of, um, and, and we also had a question come through, so I don't know if you guys want to hold on to the end, but, but it was the near me. If you want to touch on near me and optimizing for near me, which is an awesome strategy that um, you guys out there might want to write down, um, Jordan, if you want to touch on that. Yeah, sure. If you go to uh, Google Trends, you type in near me as two words or nearby as one word, you're going to see a spike of, of a search go like this. Uh, you know, ba basically hockey stick growth um, for search like that because that has become, especially with mobile devices, that has become like a new standard to try to find um, locations, be it brick or mortar, or if you're trying to find a plumber or what have you, you're trying to find a service near you, people are using the near me and nearby as keyword modifiers to find that. So in, in the olden days, let's say I, had to, I wanted to find a plumber here in Salt Lake City, I would have to type in Salt Lake City, Utah plumber. As Jason mentioned, you can just type in plumber and see Salt Lake City plumbers. But a lot of people are using near me because Salt Lake City is a big area, right? They might be in a particular neighborhood like East Mill Creek in Salt Lake City, and they want to find a plumber near them. So near me adds like adds like a, an aid to them to look at their IP address and look in the you know five to ten mile radius around them and find the closest plumber to them in their location. 
And so really we've started testing this and we started optimizing a lot of our pages and we'll talk about how we optimize pages here in an upcoming case example, but we've started to include near me in our actual optimization process of titles and headlines and descriptions um, so we can optimize better for that when people are searching with the near me keyword. It's a very smart local SEO strategy. It's a great question you brought up and I recommend that everybody be trying to optimize in integrating those keywords into your, um, your page optimization when, when appropriate. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Super important. <clears throat> All right. So, you know, basically, you know, we come in and, and it looks like there's a bunch of smart stuff that takes place. And, and there is, you know, it just you have to make sure that you're working with somebody that knows what they're doing, right? Because there are a lot of people out there that are these self-proclaimed SEO experts. And, you know, sometimes when you speak to them, you might be a little naive and it sounds like they understand what they're talking about, you know, but in this case study, we're just going to show you what we do, you know. Um, so, you know, an SEO is a form of an art too. So people do things differently, and there's a lot of other good SEO out, SEOs out there. But we just want to share like what we've done and how we were able to generate the results that we generated using these exact strategies. So, <clears throat> so. We're going to fast forward now. So again, earlier we know that the value of the website was seventeen thousand eight hundred per month, and they were ranking for a thousand keywords. That was back in July of two thousand sixteen. Fast forward now to June of two thousand seventeen, and if you're seeing my screen here, my mouse, you can kind of see that hockey stick growth, right? And so. Realistically, the only way that you're going to get more traffic from your website is by doing two things. A writing more content, right? Because, you know, you only have so much content that Google can index, right? And so you've got to write more content that are optimized for more keywords and then therefore your traffic will go up or boost the popularity of your website through a process called link building so that you can actually move your keywords and your traffic that you and, and the pages that you rank for higher onto the first page of Google so that people will see it and click it, right? So that's really the only two ways that you can drive more traffic to your website. Again, boosting the popularity, which will boost your rankings through a thing called link building or writing more content. And so in this case study, we've done both of those. And so that's why we've, you know, we've kind of seen the growth that we see here. So the value is now $153,000 per month. Um, and so that's where Alex gave used that 10 time multiple um, on the emails that he's been sending out because it was at 15,000 and now it's at 153,000 in um, you know just about a year um, and now we rank for 4,100 keywords and again that's because we lifted the keywords and we wrote more content. <clears throat> now if I look at the actual keywords that we're trying to target which a lot of those hero keywords um, Pittsburgh personal injury lawyers right we rank position number one $192 per click personal injury lawyer attorney Pittsburgh PA $181 right motorcycle accident attorney Pittsburgh we rank number one now so you know obviously I couldn't fit all of the keywords on my page but this list continues to just go on and on and on with just number one rankings and if you look at the traffic again on the right you can see the amount of traffic so for like that um, Pittsburgh personal injury lawyers it looks like they're getting three three and a quarter percent of their traffic from that keyword and, just and one keyword. they're getting a good amount of traffic you know they're, they're getting some traction and you'll see later during the presentation on, on what that traffic and, and all these keywords are translating to based on phone calls. Yeah, and the, 
and they'd be paying $170 for each of those clicks too, you know, right. and they're, they're getting 30 to 40% of the clicks by being number one for that for free. Yeah, and then the beautiful thing about this is while they rank number one for that term, everything is compounding, right, because they're going to stay ranking number one for that term, but then we're also going to rank for all of these other terms because of all the new content that we place and because now the domain authority of the whole site is increasing, all of the pages are rising. Um, so it's it's a really when you start to do SEO right, it's really exciting, man. That's why I kind of love this. Um, it's it's just fun. It's it's a, it's a I don't even call this work. I don't think you guys do either. So <clears throat> all right. So the first thing that we that we do, whether or not we are um, you know uh, engaged. Well, the first thing that we do is we'll hop on a call and do a preliminary SEO audit. Which by the way. You know, now's a good time. Alex, uh, why don't you give them an email address that they can send an email to if they want us to do a preliminary audit. This is a full audit that I'm going to share with you now, but the pre preliminary audit will give you a good indicator of where you are with regards to your technical SEO. Yeah, you can email us at info at wedowebcontent.com and just on the subject line say uh, register for SEO audit or just SEO audit and I'll respond back and, and we'll schedule some time. We only do a few of those a week, uh, a week because you know it takes Jason and Jordan quite a bit of time to put that together. Um, again, you know, going back, our firm, you know, we like to keep boutique where we have exclusivity and and we only take on so many clients. So the amount of SEO audits we do usually translate into us turning that person into a client. Um, but we do these, um, you know, probably about what what would you say about eight times a week. So we could yeah. schedule those for you so we could fit you in. But again, info at wedowebcontent.com or email me directly at alex at wedowebcontent.com and, and we'll get you scheduled. It'll be crazy the amount of information you see. I mean, some people make changes while we're on the call, right? We've had people just call their webmaster and say, hey, I need you to make this change immediately. I don't know why it didn't happen before. Yep. So, you know, that's the preliminary audit, and obviously we only have an hour to go through, so we'll look at some of the more critical things and show you what we're detecting. But once you're actually engaged as a client, we do a more comprehensive technical audit. Um, this is an audit that, um, that Jordan had conducted on um, Burger and Green, and, I'll, and it's three slides, and I'm just going to let him pick just kind of a couple of these things, and, and so you can talk about, like, why it's important to make sure you have the technical aspect of your website working. Because if you don't, then you're fighting a battle that you could never win, right? If you're missing out on some of the technical things that go into the code. So why don't you talk a little bit about a couple of these things here? Yeah, yeah. let me just preface this by saying when Google comes to your site, they have an allocated amount of data that they're willing to pro provide and spend um, as a resource to crawl through your site, find all your content, cache it, and rank it. And if you have content that's getting in the way of what they're doing or it's duplicated or it's causing them problems, they're wasting their resources seeing this content and then they're going to go through their data spend and then just stop crawling the rest of your site. You've got to wait for them to come back again and see if they make it through. So what we try to do is we try to be cognizant of these kind of pages that are going to hinder uh, a search engine from being able to crawl your site from A to Z. And so what, we, what in this audit, what this, these first lines explain is this. We look at, we do a search in Google and see that, well, this, this site, Burger and Green, has 1,040 pages according to Google. 
But as I scrub through the pages by one, two, three, four, etc. of Google, I find out that there's actually only 181 in the primary index. And what that means is, is that out of a thousand pages, there's only a few hundred that are actually showing. And so what? And so why aren't these other pages showing? That indicates to us that there's a problem in the site with um, some pages that are being created in the eyes of search engines, not necessarily to users that are causing problems. And some of those problems can be um, what we refer to as pagination. So when you when you go to your blog and you go to page two, page three, page four, etc., those are pages that get in, indexed in the search engines, but they don't provide value to a search engine or a user. So it's not really valuable for you to you know, do a search on somebody's site and click on page two. So we tell search engines, hey, take those, take those pages out of the index because they're not valuable. Don't waste your time on them. Um, same with search results. If you have a search box on your site, um, th that search box can create a lot of problems. If people are continuously doing searches, those searches can get indexed and again, they're not valuable and they create thousands and thousands of bloated pages on your site. So there's a file called the robots.txt file that we, that, we, that we tell search engines what pages to ignore and what pages to crawl. And in that file, we can say, hey, ignore blog pagination. Hey, ignore you know, search searches based off a URL parameter. Um, so it's really important to kind of sculpt uh, how a search engine crawls your site through um, meta tags and through the robots.txt file. So we do, we do a lot of that. Um, we also look for, you know, content within the site that, that, that might be duplicated, whether that means um, content somebody, that somebody has written and copied and pasted to another page, or whether that means just a way a search engine might see uh, duplicate content in your in your site. So, um, just an example of this would be like very simple thing is if your if your if your URLs end in a trailing slash, and then you can also go to your URLs without a trailing slash at the end. That to a search engine, that's a duplicate page. To us, we see the same content; it doesn't make any difference. But to a search engine, they don't understand that. So we look for technical little mistakes, that like trailing slashes in URLs um, that can trigger uh, index bloat and you know, give search engines a hard time. Um, you can go to the next slide, Jason. Yeah. Um, so we look at anything from the technical code on your site to the what we call schema markup to looking at all of the images on your site to make sure those are optimized. I don't know if you know this or not, but a, a third of image search comes from Google image search. And so, you know, uh, it's really important to have your images optimized because not only do they help those pages rank individually, but, um, but also you can also gain more traffic from Google image search. It's not might be the highest value traffic because they might not be converting if they're just looking for your image but you're still getting you know uh, you can still get links and valuable you know traffic from Google image search so we look at that we look at again your tagging to make sure everything's in place uh, one of the most important things was we look that we look at and Jason's going to explain this in a bit is your title tag to make sure it's optimized for the right um, area and the right keywords and making sure that other pages on your site don't cannibalize that. And what I mean by that is the fact that um, 
you could have a page that's ranking for Pittsburgh personal injury lawyer and have another page that's ranking for Pittsburgh personal injury lawyer and Google gets confused on which two of those pages it should index, which two of those pages are the right page for the user and people can be linking to both and you're diluting your value on having two different pages on the same topic. So what we try to do is be cognizant of what pages are optimized for and condense and combine where necessary prune pages that aren't valuable um, to make sure that your page is sculpted and search engines understand which topic each page is about. Yep. Next slide. So there's a lot of things we do on the local level. Um, so we do. So what I've been talking about mainly right now is technical stuff, um, and it's all based on um, just making building a foundation for your site, make sure it's technically sound for search engines. But we also get into local tagging to tell search engines where your name, address, and phone number is specifically. And uh, Jason will show you some examples of this later. But we use, we use tags to tell search engines not only, hey, is this the address that you should be locating for this business, but this is the latitude and longitude of the address so you don't have it, so there's no confusion on where this business is located. And that's one of the most important things that a search engine looks for is, is where the business is located um, in order to rank in those local maps. And Jason will show you, you know, probably some examples of that too. Um, but one thing I want to iterate here is we do a mobile friendly check. We check your site speed, we check if your page is mobile friendly. Um, and so what we want to do is make sure that uh, your, your site is, your, the mobile version of your site is the best version of your site because Google this year is moving to what they call a mobile first index, meaning that they look at the mobile version of your site and judge your rankings of your entire website based on how it appears on mobile, which has been backwards from how they've completely done it before. They've looked at your desktop site. It judged everything on your desktop site. They judged your mobile rankings based on your desktop site. That's no more. Now that mobile search has grown and surpassed desktop search this last year, uh, Google's saying, hey, mobile's more important. Your mobile site is the most important thing. So we, uh, we put very much stock into looking at your, your mobile uh, preference there and making sure that you're, you know, you're doing solid. Yeah, as you, as you can tell, there's a, there's a whole lot of technical elements that kind of go into this. This is just three screenshots. There's probably like a 32-page document once we're all said and done with it where we kind of look over everything and nothing gets missed. Um, you know, and then we also look at things like I can see here the most anchor text is Harrisburg Lawyer. So we're studying some of the off-page elements too. So this is the blue underlying link coming from other websites. So those are signals that are being sent from Google saying, hey, this, this, this website is more optimized for Harrisburg and not Pittsburgh. So we had to kind of go in and kind of work on that so that Google understands this site is more relevant to Pittsburgh and not Harrisburg. Um, so, you know, and then there's also like you might have like a, an old SEO company that was doing some spammy techniques for years and years and years. So we've got to kind of go in there and detect on what, what are some of the negative of that, the negative consequences of the years and years of bad SEO. You know, because you could end up in a, in a penalty, you know, if you start to do bad things on Google. There is such thing as a penalty box. Um, and so you get penalized, and there's a manual penalty and there's an algorithmic penalty. And so, you know, if you've got too many spammy links that are all using the same anchor text, and, you know, again, people are practicing that stuff still today, and it's scary. And so, you know, we have to go in and kind of audit that and put together what is referred to as disavow file, submit that, that to Google Search Console, 
And so it's a whole process. And, you know, again, we would not know this stuff if we haven't been doing it for 15 years. I mean, we kind of know all the iterations of all the updates and stuff. But, you know, again, we have to go through the website just to confirm that we're okay with each of those different elements. Yeah, and just a quick point to add on that. Um, so a common mistake I see when people are trying to do the disavow file for a bad backlink profile is they get a little bit carried away with it and they disavow a lot of sites that actually do have value to them. Um, so we, you know, you might think you have your bases covered there by being gone through, gone down that road with Google Penguin before, which is the penalty for link building that you you told Google, hey, let's let's get rid of all these bad links. You you may have been down that road, but you may not know that you you're also at the same time missing out because you've done you've you've done it too much. You you know you've left good links in there. Um, so that's a common thing we see. We like to reevaluate things you already feel you've evaluated to. Um, here's a good action item list that you know explains that. What we do is at the end of the audit, we go through all of the things that we talked about in the audit and sort them by um, who's going to do them, whether that would be you know us as an agency, you as a client, or a particular developer internally. Um, the level of priority, low, medium, or high, and the effort level it's going to take to do that item, low, medium, and high. So we, what we do is we tackle the high priority items first that take the lowest level of effort. So we're grabbing that low-hanging fruit first, and then we start to, that's how we kind of prioritize and work through all the tasks that we need to do from the audit. I'm so glad you touched on that, the assignee, because uh, a, a developer that knows SEO, kind of like our, the, that who we have internally, is so important because we found so many sites that we've just gotten in where, you know, an SEO team may be good, but they might just be doing on-page and not really worrying about the technical aspects or the development side of the SEO, and we'll get a site that's completely broken because of it. So, you know, SEO goes beyond the link building and, and the beyond page optimization. There's a huge opportunity here with the technical aspect that we're finding with a lot of our clients that no one's ever really looking at. So I'm glad you touched on who this work is assigned to because you want to make sure that your web developer is someone who is, knows and, and knows exactly what to look for on an SEO side of things. Yeah, that's a good point, Alex. You know, just because somebody is a web developer, you know, by proxy doesn't mean that they're an SEO too. I mean, it two completely skills, different skill sets. Like me personally, I don't write code. You know, I can't write a website on using Notepad. Like I don't know anything about writing code. You know, but I'm a diehard SEO, um, and so it's completely different skill sets. Um, and so, you know, when you ask a developer, "Hey, do you do SEO?" Of course, they're going to say yes. You know, because SEO in their mind is just making sure that, you know, that the page is loading correctly and that they're using a title tag. And But it gets so much deeper than that, like coming up with creative link building strategies and, you know, all kinds of other elements that we're going to talk about here as well. So, but this right here is just to show you that, you know, once we're done with the audit, then we actually put together a checklist of everything that has to get done. And so Jordan is the assignee for the, the SEO elements. John is one of our developers that goes through and, you know, fixes some of the other programming um, items on the site. Um, and so collectively during the first month, we kind of do the audit, conduct the audit, and go through all the fixes so that we have a technical uh, foundation, a solid foundation that we can build upon. Um, and then from there, once we've got that solid foundation, then we can start to incorporate the content strategy and the link strategy, which I'll get into later. 
just just one more thing to add to that too is um, I mentioned how you know like we like to go through people's other work. Like you may have had a technical SEO audit before, and you may have gone through the fixes, but it's a really health it's a healthy thing to do at least once a year. And you know we've gotten clients that have come from other agencies. They're like, oh, well, we've already had an audit before. We don't need another one. But we'll go through the audit and find a whole bunch more things. You know, things that either have popped up since the old audit was done or things that they missed in the first audit. So it's, you know, really important that you make that kind of like, you know, a, a health check. Like like you go to see your doctor once a year just for a health checkup. You should do the same thing with your site. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and again, it's, it's free, so take us up on it. You know, take us up on it. We'll kind of go through this with you. Info at wedowebcontent.com if you want us to kind of do one of those uh, audits. Um, this is just another tool, you know, PageSpeed is important, so we go through, this is just showing that Burger and Green is scoring in the green, 91 out of 100 for desktop and then mobile. You know, you can use this tool if you just type in PageSpeed Insights, you put your URL in there and you press Analyze. Um, and, you know, if Google's building tools to detect how fast the website is, you can be sure that they're using that as a ranking signal. Um, you know, so this will tell you specifically what you have to do to improve it so that your PageSpeed will load quicker. Because if people are on Google doing searches and they're clicking on websites and it's taking too, too long to load, it's creating a bad user experience for them and that's why you'll get pushed down to page two and page three. They want to make sure that everybody on page one is creating a good user experience for Google's customers, the people that are doing those search queries. Yeah, I think this was on our last webinar for uh, 2017 ranking factors, um, right? That was definitely one of the ranking factors is, is page speed. It'll always come up, man. Every every time, it, it'll always come up. It's that important. But yeah, you're right. We did talk about that. Um, this right here is just, you know, so then what we do is, you know, once the, the cleanup is done and we've done the audit, you know, then we, what we have to do is we have to go through and look at all the legacy pages and all the legacy content because we're not building a website from this, you know, from scratch. You know, we're taking over the work from another SEO company or another digital agency or whoever that was working on it. And so this kind of shows you we go through and line by line every single page, we take a complete crawl of it. And so right here, this bus, bus accident page, that this was a legacy page. It was in a subfolder called Motor Vehicle Accidents, and then it was called Bus Accidents. So nowhere in this URL does it say that it's, you know, Pittsburgh, or do they say that it's, you know, has something to do with being an attorney or a lawyer. So what we do is we basically go through and we re-optimize it. So in this case, we called it Pittsburgh Injury Subfolder, and then we called it Bus Accident Lawyer, right? So this page wasn't ranking before, you know, we went and we made all these modifications. Same thing with Motorcycle, right? So this is just called Motorcycle Accident Victim. That was the URL structure that they were using. We changed it to Pittsburgh Injury, Motorcycle Accident Victim Lawyer, right? Um, you know, so, but this bus accident one, so you can kind of see the cause and effect of that. We went through this on, you know, probably over 500 pages. Um, but now if I do a search for bus accident lawyer in Pittsburgh, or if I just typed in bus accident lawyer and not included Pittsburgh, these pages would still show up because somebody from Pittsburgh is doing that search. So there you see we rank number one and number two, and that's because of all of the optimization, the changes that we, that we made to the, uh, to the site. Um, so from there, after we kind of go through and optimize all the legacy content, now we put together a comprehensive content strategy. So all the content that we're going to write for this particular client. So in this case, we're doing 15 pages per month. And so it's all sorted on the different, you know, months that we're writing the content. 
Um, you know, and so some of the strategy that we've detected was, you know, there's certain landmarks that people go to in Pittsburgh. You know, I, I don't know if there's a bigger diehard fan than a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, right? You know, um, so, uh, so what we've done is we want to leverage that. You know, we recognize that people go to these fields like PNC Park where, you know, the baseball team plays and Heinz Field where the football team plays. You know, so this is just one example of like a content strategy that we developed. So we built out a page, optimized it for if somebody got injured at one of those fields. And so sure enough, you know, can I sue Heinz Field if I was injured there? Right? There we are, ranked number one. That was strategic. That was by design. You know, and you can type in all different types of iterations of that same question and you probably still see the Burger and Green page ranking because it's optimized for so many different um, queries that are associated with getting injured at Heinz Field. Um, this is just our process. So, you know, Danny's uh, one of our editors. You know, he, um, he goes through, you know, we've got a team of writers that write the content. They follow a very strategic methodology of how to write content for search engines. I'll share that here in just a second. So we send over, you know, nine pages. We send over new batches to our clients, you know, sometimes weekly, sometimes monthly, just depends on how many pages we're writing for them. Um, and so we send them over in a batch, the client reviews them, they put their edits in place, and then they send it back to us. And then what we do is we then go through the page and put together all of the metadata that the search engines are gonna look at to make sure that it's completely following best practice SEO protocol. So there's the permalink, the page title, the headline, which is called an H1 tag. This is the meta description. Then we write the body copy. We use H2 tags. We make sure that we link out to associations to make sure that there's relevance that's being added and signals to tell that this page is about Allegheny County. Um, and so this page is optimized for a car accident lawyer in Allegheny County. Sure enough, if I do a search for car accident lawyer, Allegheny County, PA, there we are. We rank number one in the maps. And then we also rank number two and number three in local, in the, not the local, in the organic. Um, and again, you know, the theory here is you don't have to type in Allegheny County. If you just type in car accident lawyer and somebody that does that search in Allegheny County, they'll be served up this page. And I just wanted to prove this because, you know, at first it was theoretical. You know, this was just a theory. Um, but I just wanted to prove it. So I live in L.A. Um, and so uh, one of our clients is a site called LosAngelesDUIAttorney.com. So what I did was, you know, we have a homepage that's optimized for Los Angeles DUI lawyer, right? But we also build out landing pages for all of the cities. So like Malibu DUI lawyer, Brentwood DUI lawyer, Santa Monica DUI lawyer, right? Santa Clarita DUI lawyer, which is out in Valencia. Um, and so what I did was while I was in Valencia, um, I just did a search for DUI lawyer. And so the top of the page, you have like, the, this is the pay-per-click right here. But on the bottom of the page here, you know, not the bottom, this is still the first page of my mobile if I scroll down. There it is, right? I just did a search for DUI lawyer and the page that Google is serving me because I was in Santa Clarita in Valencia is the Valencia page, right? So DUI attorney and drunk driving defense in Santa Clarita. Nowhere on my query did I say Santa Clarita. So, you know, that now is practical. It's not theoretical. It's real. And so, you know, if you want to be optimized for all of your local cities, you've got to write content for that and be optimized for that. Um, the other thing that you'll see here is that we developed an AMP strategy. Um, that stands for Accelerated Mobile Pages. And so the page loads a lot faster. We're the only site on the first page that has that strategy. It's innovative. A lot of people haven't adapted to that. Um, so, you know, 
we won't get too much into AMP, um, but just know that AMP is important and you should be researching that and you should have an AMP version of your website. When people see that little AMP icon, it draws more eyes and attention to that research result. So even though there's two other organic search results above the third one there, chances are um, people are going to go to the AMP result if they're on their mobile phone and that's going to get more clicks from or, or taps rather when you're on your mobile phone. Um, and the more you know clicks and taps you get into your site, the more they stay on their site, the more engagement you get on your page, the better you're going to rank because Google sees those engagement signals, sees that people are choosing your result and staying there and finding their answer. You know that's going to help you you rank better as well. Another thing that you should be paying attention to is the more content that you write. Uh, Google is detecting and monitoring it. So if you just see the site, you know, colon in the URL without any www, it'll tell you how many pages that they see that are cached within their index. Um, so in this case, there's 1,130 pages that are indexed. Usually the home page is always the first page that shows up. If you do that and your home page is not the first page, I would probably argue that you might have an algorithmic filter or a penalty on your home page. So just a quick check just from experience, but I would do that, see how many pages that you have. Do the same query for one of your bigger competitors to see where they are compared to you. Because if they've got 5,000 pages and you've got 1,000, well, they're adding more value to their website on, you know, on a monthly basis. And that's another ranking signal is making sure that you're publishing content on a regular basis. Um, right here, if you actually click down on this arrow right here, you can actually see the last time Google um, uh, cached your website. Um, so not necessarily crawled it, but the last time that they actually cached your website. And so uh, this was on May 31st, 2017. Um, but you know, sometimes this might be like two weeks ago. And if Google's not coming to your website because you're not adding fresh content, you know, again, that's a very important ranking signal. So that's why blogs became very prevalent, and you know, in, in, in the past five, ten years, um, because it allows you to kind of publish content on a regular basis. But you got to be publishing fresh content. You just can't check that box and say, "I have a website." You know, those you're not going to get treated. You're not treating your website. Um, seriously, and Google recognizes that. Moving into, um, you know, from there, after we start to write content and publish content, then first thing that we want to look at is your NAP profile and your citations on the web. When I say NAP, it's referred to as your name, address, and phone number. So on your Google listing here, your NAP is, this is Burger and Green is the name, the address is 800 Waterfront Drive. And then the phone number is this phone number, right? And so you want to make sure that the citations all across the web have that same consistency with your NAP profile. And so, you know, first place to make sure that it matches is your website itself. And so you want to make sure that it follows that same format, you know, name, address, phone number. One thing that you notice here is that the phone number isn't the same phone number, right? But that's okay because what we're doing is we're using call tracking. Um, we use a service called Call Tracking Metrics. And so in the source code, the phone number is, this is what Google sees, but then they swap it out with JavaScript and this is what the user sees so that we can track, you know, which phone pages are generating phone calls. So, um, but again, to Google, this is the number, and then we put schema markup here so that Google understands that, you know, hey, this is an attorney, this is the name of the firm, this is their website, um, this is where they're located, right? So this is all schema. We even put, like to Jordan's point earlier, we put the geo position, which is the latitude and longitude of their office so that Google recognizes where they are. 
you know, you got to make sure that you're doing this stuff and implementing the proper schema codes. Next thing that we do is we look at their, um, you know, all of the inconsistent NAP profiles that are out there on the web. So we can see here that, you know, that there's some that say 800 waterfront drive. There's some that say it's a sweet one. There's some that say it's, uh, it's, um, you know, 310 Grand Street, old URLs, different phone numbers. This is just a mess, and you've got to go through manually and clean this stuff up. Um, it's, it's super important for Google Local. So what we do is we go through it, and we create a spreadsheet, and we look at all the duplicates. So they had like five or six Facebook pages, right? We merged them all. They had a bunch of um, yellow pages profiles. They had page, you know, so... All of this was just a mess, and we have to go through and methodically kind of clean this up. From there, we also go out and we start to look at if they're listed on a lot of the important directories, you know, making sure that their name, address, and phone number in the NAP profile is, is consistent. If it's inaccurate, we want to go through and either delete it or edit it if we can. Um, so, again, that's a, a whole process that we have to follow. And then, of course, you know, going through and changing it on the important sites, like, you know, their Facebook page. You know, this was a Bing profile that they didn't even have set up that we had it set up for them, making sure that that has the same information. And then, you know, some of the directories that you probably never have heard of that, you know, that are also valuable. This is one called To Find Local, right? You know, so the more you can get your NAP profile um, matching your website and the Google My Business listing, the better that you'll be with regards to your local rankings. All right, now the fun stuff. This is what I love, link development. You know, we've talked about everything that's on your website, the relevance. Now let's talk about boosting the popularity of the website. And this is just a graph. You know, it shows that, you know, the, the, how link equity kind of works, right? So, you know, you've got your site here, then you have, um, you know, this is, would be called a direct link. But then if this link is linking to this link, then you're actually getting some indirect benefit because of the, the page rank that's flowing through this page to this page, which then flows to your page, right? So but the bottom line is you want to boost your domain equity, right? And you do that by, you know, a strategic link building strategy. And so I'll share with you some of our strategies. We've got a lot more, but I'm just going to share a couple of them that we've conducted here for Burger and Green that have helped boost the popularity and therefore the rankings. So the first thing is what we do is we start to reverse engineer the sites that are ranking above us. Um, this was a, a, a competitor of, of theirs based on them ranking higher than us. So what we do is we start to study their backlink profile and we see what links do they have that we don't have. So right away I can see that they've got some foundational links, right? And I call these foundational links because we can go out and easily get these type of links. Right, a YouTube profile, that's their strongest link, okay? We can go out and we can set up a YouTube page and make sure that we link back. They have a Wikipedia page. Not everybody can get a Wikipedia page, but you know, you have to have some notoriety in your market, you know, but if that's the case, then you can have a Wikipedia page. So, you know, we want to kind of go off and build that. Their fourth strongest link is from the Better Business Bureau. Again, that's an easy link to have. Pay the $400 for the year and become a member of the Better Business Bureau. Regardless of if you are actually going to get cases by being a member of the Better Business Bureau, just the indirect benefit that you get from the link from that website is well worth that $400, right? And so this is just like a couple of them. What we then do is we then reverse engineer not just that competitor, but we reverse engineer all the competitors that are on the first 10 pages of Google 
and start to study their backlink profiles and start to match it up to what we have. So I can see here, you know, so when we first started, all of these four competitors had a YouTube profile, but we didn't. So then we built the link for the YouTube, right? We built the profile. You know, they all had Google Plus pages. We didn't, you know, who, you know, and we kind of just go through this list here based on domain rating. And so this spreadsheet goes down like probably 8,000 uh, rows, but, you know, we sorted from highest priority to lowest priority. So you can see there's a very manual process here in developing a, a very strategic link strategy for our clients. So this is what we refer to as reverse engineering the clients that are ranking above you. <clears throat> I mean the uh, competitors that are ranking above you. Um, John Morgan, for the people, I would classify him as a national competitor. I mean he dominates every single market that he's in. I mean he's, he does very well from, you know, from, a, from a search perspective. So, you know, why not take the, glean the insights from what he's doing from a digital perspective so that we can leverage it for some of our clients. So when I, when I start to take a look at how well he's doing, well, he ranks for over, you know, almost 40,000 keywords and the value of his traffic is $3 million per month. I'd say he's doing something right, um, but what exactly is he doing right? Well, if we peel a layer from the onion, I can see what exactly he's doing right. You know, some of his strongest links, right? So there you go. Again, his strongest link is that YouTube profile like the other three competitors. He's got a link from WordPress. He's got a Wikipedia page. He has a Vimeo account. He has a Reddit link. You know, but then I start to pay close attention to these ones, right? Because these are ones that are not easy to kind of clone. I just can't reach out to the New York Times and get a link from there. I can't reach out to the Huffington Post and get a link from there. That really takes like relationship building and outreach which is also an important part of what we do. <clears throat> so now we've turned from an SEO company more into like a PR company, um, a digital PR company, because this is the stuff that's really boosting his ranking is, is these links, because a lot of his competitors can't get these links, right? And so when we start to incorporate the PR strategy into our clients' campaigns, then we can start to get these type of links. And so what we do is we reach out to editors and writers for some of these larger websites and we pitch angles. And so we slowly can get links from those type of sites like Forbes and Today.com and Inc. Magazine. And so just to kind of show you some of the links that we were able to get, here's that link from Forbes. Again, this is their fourth strongest link that they have. Um, but there it is, it's Forbes, and there it is, it's a link to Burger and Green, right? Because we got a quote from her to relate to this story. Um, this is from Today.com, the Today Show. Again, we got a quote from the attorney, Burger and Green. This is Inc. Magazine, Inc.com. Again, down here, there's a link to their firm. Anything to add here, guys? I'm kind of talking a lot. <laughs> I just want to like emphasize that um, you know a lot of these tools out there on the web will tell you, or a lot of SEOs will tell you, the quantity of links that you have. You have three thousand links or two thousand links. Your competitor has five thousand links. Um, the quantity really doesn't matter as much as the quality. And when we're looking at these sites like Inc. and Forbes and Huffington Post. Um, a link, a link from one of these sites like Forbes counts for, for almost hundreds of sites that you could easily go out and build and obtain on your own. Like, because we, we talked about the domain authority or the domain rating when we're sorting through links and looking at them and looking at the most valuable ones first. You just, you really can't put a number on how valuable 
these links are. And when we're looking at when we're looking at Morgan and Morgan's profile um, from ForThePeople.com, you know he gets those links. But when you look at his competitors, his competitors aren't getting those links. It takes those relationships from a, a PR company like ourselves to be able to you know solidify those for you. And um, if if your competition isn't you know isn't able to do that, which most most cases are, they're not going to be able to do that. That puts you ten steps ahead of the game. I would argue that most of you probably work with an SEO company today and have no clue what kind of links they're building because they don't report it to you. A lot of times, like companies don't even do link building, you know. And I just question like, what is SEO if they're not doing this? Because like, you know, you can't rank higher on Google if, if you don't have a link building strategy and so like you know if you're sitting there at your desk right now following this presentation and you're trying to wonder the last time that your SEO companies mentioned link acquisition or link development you know and, and if they've never mentioned that then you know I'd say that you might have an issue you know this is too important not to do. Yeah, I'd say as a rough a very rough rule of thumb when you look at Google's algorithm um, about one third of the value of your rankings comes from what you do on the page yourself, on the code, on the optimization, and about two thirds of the value, or two thirds of the the rankings come from what you do off your site, such as this link building. What to be more specific? So yes. if you're, you know, SEO company is not doing link building, they're not getting you authoritative links. Um, you you're going to have a hard time, uh, you know, ranking above other competition. It's Some scary. Some are getting away without doing any content as well, which is crazy. I mean, I don't know how you're, you're ranking or coming up for any actual optimization without any content. Not you doing know. content or link building. Right, content or <laughs> link building. They're just doing yeah. SEO. We do SEO. We don't do content. We don't do link building, but we make sure that your title tags are all optimized, correct? Yeah. And then call it SEO. Um, so, you know, another strategy that I want to share with you guys, um, you know, .edu links are very valuable. Um, this was something that I, you know, was doing many, many years ago before it became really popular. Um, and so, uh, you know, basically you put together like a scholarship. Um, you know, what we like to do is we like to tie it to a cause because then we can get links from like, you know, some of the bigger org websites as well. But the whole purpose of this strategy is to try to get like colleges with a .edu to link to you because Google puts a lot of trust and stock in those .edu sites because they're hard to get. Um, and so what we did was we put together this scholarship. We give it away twice a year. It's a thousand dollars. Through our years and years of kind of um, doing this strategy, we've got probably over 1,500 schools. We've got relationships with over 1,500 schools. So whenever we get a new scholarship, we start to do outreach and we reach out to the different schools. We, we keep track of the response date, the response, if they place the link, if there's notes. Um, so it's, again, very manual kind of a process. This is the document. This is our outreach email. I wanted to inform you about our new scholarship. Our client is offering $1,000. Here's the link. We'd appreciate if you can post this on your, you know, on your scholarship uh, page. And then we just go through and we just start emailing all of the schools that we have in our network. Um, and then from there, we're able to get those .edu links, which boost the equity of the website because they're very valuable links. Um, we're almost done here. I'm trying to wrap it up within the hour, like we promised, and then we'll have some time for questions too. 
Um, so if you got some questions, uh, just kind of you know start to kind of type them in because we're almost done here. So again, if you have questions, you know maybe type them into the chat and we'll start to get to them. And the last thing that I say is you know we can do a whole probably three day boot camp on just like link building alone. Um, you know, but you know for the sake of time, I only included a couple of our strategies. Um, HR is a link building strategy, you know, I mean, I didn't include that, but you know, if you've got to hire somebody, you can get a link from monster.com, Craigslist, Backpages, you know, Career Builder. That's a link building strategy. People don't know that. Um, you know, there's so many other different types of strategies too. You know, um, measuring ROI, we use a service, like I said, called Tracking Metrics, where we can actually see, um, you know, which campaigns are performing better than others. You know, this is this page. This phone call came in from a Google Organic. This came in from a, a pay-per-click campaign that we've got going. Um, this is a Google Organic, Yahoo Organic, Google Organic, right? So we we track it. We can see which pages that they converted from, right? So you you should have this level of uh, of transparency with your campaign. And so that's one of the first things that we do when we create, you know, when we create a relationship is we get tracking set up so that we can monitor how well we're we're doing. Because we can't really see how well we've performed if we don't know where we started. Um, and so that's why it's important. And then the last thing that I'll say here before we kind of close this out is, um, is we also uh, put a, a tool on the website. We use a tool called Lucky Orange. And it's like having a DVR on your website. And so it records every single session. So if anybody comes to your website, it records it. And then you can go back and play the session. You can even watch the session live as they're on your website. And so from there, then we can make recommendations on how to improve the conversion of the website too. So that's conversion optimization. It's a whole nother webinar. Um, but I just want to tell you that we have that tool on there. And, uh, you know, I'll kind of close it out with, you know, I highly would encourage you, you know, you would have, you know, us on a call with you where we'd be looking at your stuff on a one-on-one -on -one phone call, sharing our screen like we are here. So, you know, reach out, info at wedowebcontent.com. I'd love the opportunity to do a, uh, an audit of your website and uh, hopefully maybe work together. Cool. Mm -hmm. Thanks, guys. Make sure you send over your questions. So we have two questions, uh, one from Josh. How do you learn the best keywords? Do you want to touch on, you know, a little quick yeah. touch yeah. on keyword research? Um, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, we, we, you could do keyword research, you know, that's certainly a, a strategy. I mean, you can use the Google keyword tool. Um, and then what you do is you just put in what is referred to as like a seed keyword. So like if you're in Dallas and you want more car accident cases, the seed keyword would be Dallas car accident lawyer. And then from there, it's going to pre-populate maybe about 700 other keywords that, um, that, you know, it thinks you might also care about. And so from there, then if it says, you know, Dallas motorcycle accident lawyer, Dallas truck accident lawyer, you know, then you want to build out pages specifically for all of those different practice areas. Um, you know, so that's one way to do keyword research. The other way to do keyword research is to reverse engineer the sites that are actually ranking above you or ranking number one on Google. And then you could, using the certain tools, you can actually filter out to see which pages ranks for which keywords, and then you can build out your content strategy based around like those of the competitors that are actually doing well. Yeah, that's where SEMrush.com, like it was mentioned earlier in this presentation, is really valuable. Um, you can see, you can compare your site next to four other competitors and see 
you know, the overlap of keywords that you both rank for, or keywords your site ranks for that the competitors don't rank for, or the keywords that your competitors rank for that you don't rank for. And then you can sort by that list and kind of get a good idea of which um, keywords you want to go after, where there's some gaps and opportunities. Um, you can also use like a filter in SEMrush to look for like question-based keywords, who, what, where, when, why, etc. Um, and create frequently asked questions. Or you can use a tool like storybase.com, um, which is a tool that will let you put in a seed keyword like personal injury lawyer and see all the questions that people are asking about personal injury lawyers and you can incorporate those answers to those questions in your content. Um, those frequently asked questions tend to convert really well. Um, there are people that are coming to your site looking for your answers, your site's providing those answers, and then therefore they want to pick up the phone and call you or fill out your web form and talk to you. Um, when we look at our call tracking, because we do call tracking numbers on a lot of our sites, we see a lot of calls do come from those frequently asked question pages. So make sure you're, you know, you're understanding what people, not just optimizing for core keywords like personal injury lawyer, but you're understanding what people need and want. You're understanding what the questions are and providing them answers. You're understanding what their intent is and meeting their needs. And that's one of the most important things you can do in SEO right now is fulfills people's needs. Because if they are, don't feel fulfilled on your site and they hit the back button to go back to the search results to find somebody else that might be able to fulfill their needs better, that's a bad sign. Google looks at that. Um, you don't want people hitting the back button and going to look for somebody else. So you want to make sure your site is comprehensive enough to answer all their questions um, and, and meet all their needs and you know get them moving to the next step of the sales funnel. And I just want to say, Jordan, like you hit on something. Don't be intimidated to like write content answering the question that you'd think would be a national question. So like you know somebody might type in you know. Um, how much does a personal injury lawyer cost? Like some people out there that don't know that it's on a contingency basis, right? So people are actually searching for that and they're looking for the lowest priced personal injury lawyer. You know, but just because, you know, when you do that search, you start to see sites like Avo and Justia and Lawyers.com that are answering these questions. Don't let that intimidate you. I would also create a page and answer that question. How much does a personal injury law lawyer cost? Because if you have a page that's optimized for that and somebody does a search within your local area, there's a very high chance that Google will serve your answer to that question above the national sites that are, that are competing for those same questions too. So again, you know, I would not get intimidated by that. Um, and the last thing that I will say too is, you know, the difference between us and a lot of other SEO agencies is that, you know, you're hearing us talk. Like when you engage us, like, you know, Jordan, myself, Alex, we're on every call with every client. You know, we don't pass you off to, you know, your your person that you're gonna work with that's fresh out of college. I mean, we're the team that's actually working on your campaign. So, you know, that's a big differentiator from us than, you know, some of these bigger companies where you're sold something and then you're passed over to, you know, this is your account manager and this is gonna be your SEO person. It's like we're engaged like hundred percent on every campaign. So Next question. So we have a question from Stephen, who was patiently waiting from the very beginning. So thanks, Stephen, and, and thank you to everyone who's who stayed on the call. I appreciate it. Um, how would you modify this page linking strategy for the multiple cities, including how would you choose which cities to include in the links of which pages, or would you create a similar page for each city? Yeah, very good question, and you know. 
we've become very good at this because we execute it for all of our clients. You know, typically what we do is you might not have offices in every single city, right? You know, we get that. However, what I would recommend is you build a page on your website that's called areas that we serve, right? And then on that, you list out all of the cities, the surrounding cities that you, um, that you want to, you know, service, right? So like in Los Angeles, it might be Malibu, right? It might be Santa Monica. It might be Brentwood. Right. I don't have we don't like the client that I work with doesn't have offices in all of the cities. But what we do is we create a page that's optimized for Malibu car accident lawyer, Malibu, uh, Santa Monica car accident lawyer. And so every single page that we write has to be unique. Right? You can't just take snippets of text and move it over here to this page and, and be done with it. It has to be a unique page. You know, and so, um, you know, from there, then you just basically, you internally link the pages, you can do some backlink building to those specific pages, and then, you know, if people does a search for the, you know, car accident lawyer, and they're in Santa Monica, there's a good chance that our Santa Monica page would rank. But if you use the same content, duplicate content over and over again, and you just change Santa Monica to Malibu and Malibu to Brentwood, you're just doing more harm than you are good. So I wouldn't even do that strategy. Yeah, and also look at population size, determine you know where your biggest markets are, you know, and start you when you when you're looking in terms of priority where you're going to attack, you know, population is a good a good way to go. And the the making sure those pages that are created specific city, cities, you want to make sure they're all original. I mean, I, I know you guys definitely touched on this, but again, it's important maybe displaying some different visual aspects from the other pages. You want to differentiate those specific city pages as much as you possibly can through the content and any visuals that you can add that are going to be relevant. Um, and that kind of touches on the you know the future on, on where we're moving forward as far as design and, and and um, conversion optimization is how we're going to create content and websites that are going to be different and be able to show that visual aspect, um, both including content and visuals to make for a better user experience and also enhance the optimization of it. So look out for that in the future. So next question came from Shaquille, um, uh, kind of a concern on the colleges. Are you guaranteed to get backlinks from the colleges you offer scholarships to? Within that same question, do the backlinks disappear after the scholarship is over from each particular school? So if you want to touch on that. Yeah, no, that's why you have to do it twice a year, um, you know, and so, you know, A, there's a good chance that you're not going to get a link from every school that you reach out to. You know, there's a very good chance. But when, you know, you reach out to 1,500 schools and you can get 30 links from them, then that's actually, um, that's actually success. And so there's a lot of times where you actually um, you'll do those that link building and you'll do all that outreach and you know you might land those 30 links but after the deadline then most of those links are going to fall off and so you got to reach out to them again and, and, and try to get those links placed again so you have to do that outreach every six months um, but there are certain cases where the link might just stick right because nobody's paying attention to it and the deadline will be over but the link will still stick um, but you know, it's just a, it's a really good strategy, and we've seen cause and effect of that. Yeah. Jordan? Yeah. Even though you know, kind of you know, this is personal theory here. It's not exactly proven, but you know, if you have a link on somewhere and it disappears, um, you know, Google has has kind of written uh, patents around the lingering effect and value of a disappearing link. 
because Google understands that there are pages out there that purge links or purge content, like news websites. Uh, after you know X amount of months on the, on NewYorkTimes.com, they they archive their content and they get rid of it because it's no longer news. It's no longer valuable to them. They're just creating a huge storage database of content that's that's old news, and they don't want to do it. So you get a link on New York Times. That's fantastic, but that could disappear after three, six, nine, twelve months. Um, but Google, you know, in my opinion, in a lot of SEOs' opinion, um, Google takes into account the fact that that link was placed there once, and even though you won't see it in a a, a tool anymore, um, you know, there's still that kind of lingering value, probably not as valuable as once as it was when once it was live. And I would say probably the same thing for the EDU links, but we have seen a direct cause and effect. Uh, we've seen traffic go down and rankings go down when the scholarships have expired. So making sure you're doing those biannually and keeping on top of them is very important because, again, we have seen the cause and effect when, when the EDUs drop. Mm -hmm. Next question. Um, Jordan, you had mentioned an FAQ site. Yes, it was called storybase.com, S-T-O-R-Y-B-A-S-E.com. There's also AnswerThePublic.com. There's FAQ Fox. There's Question Samurai. There's LSIGraph.com. There's Bloomberry. Thanks for writing these down, Jamie. There's yeah. Moss Keyword Explorer. I'll do, a whole, I'll do a whole webinar on that. Yeah. <laughs> and then but, the next question that came in, were you done? Sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say my favorite is storybase.com. So if you he's want like, to wrote a song about it. He's like Forrest Gump. There's shrimp. <laughs> there's shrimp. Yeah. Um, so the next one was, do we work with other sites? So um, I'll answer that. We have. Yes, we can. We can work with your current developer and design agency to work on it. Some other legal marketing firms, um, I would say a handful of the legal marketing firms that you're probably working with, buy their content from us and, and their content strategy, um, maybe even some of our, our link building as well. But um, the preferred situation is we're going to build out a new website if it's on a proprietary platform. If you're on WordPress, it's very easy for us to move over and clean everything up. Um, but if you're on a proprietary platform, we'll do our best. We've had some successes, but you know the preferred opportunity for us is to be able to have a, a hands-on approach to your web development. Is that right, gentlemen? Yeah, I'd say, you know, it's easy for us, you know, so we can take your site if you like the way in which your site looks. We can just take that off of the proprietary platform content management system and move it over to WordPress so that you have more control of it. You know, we've seen nightmares with some of these platforms where you know, like the, the, the data is not actually being indexed, like the page is there, but Google can't see the content on the page because it's using like Ajax or JavaScript or whatever else. Um, and so we've seen nightmares like that. And a lot of times the clients aren't even aware of it. So that's why the, you know, just reach out to us. We'll do this preliminary audit and we can kind of run those type of scans and go over that stuff with you so that at least you're aware of what's going on with your current website. Yeah, and again, um, you know, it's it's not like we're designing. We're not selling you a full design package of a new site. We're basically doing a technical move of what you currently have. You know, if you want to design a new site, then obviously that's going to be a whole other um, price level. But if we're just moving over the site to a WordPress platform, it's you're you're basically paying for web development hours at that point. So it's something we can do. 
we do work with other agencies. Preferred is for us to have a lot of the control, but we do partner with other agencies all the time. Yeah, and if you're thinking about doing a site redesign or moving over to a new platform, there's so many things that can go wrong with SEO. So even if you have another company do it, I highly advise you to have a consultant in there um, to help guide that path along the way. Um, because the last thing you want to do is take your site that's doing well, put it on a new platform, or re redesign your site and not have SEO in mind, and then you're tanking on rankings for six to nine months while you're trying to go backtrack and work on your SEO to get back to where you even were in the, to begin with. So definitely consider a consultant for any redesign or, re or migration for sure. Yeah. Right. Again, any uh, any other questions? Thank you so much. These have been very good questions from all of you. So if uh, you have any more, ask him now. Again, the information's on the screen. If you want us to do an audit for you, it's info at webcontent.com or just feel free to give us a call. Um, but you know, we're we're starting to schedule them now. Maybe for maybe not next week because I think we're kind of packed. But maybe the week after. Um, There'll be a recording on this. If you haven't started following our podcast, podcasts are easy to listen to. It's SEO Happy Hour. You can find it on iTunes or Google Play. Um, you know, there, there's tons of content on there with Jason and Jordan and myself from the past webinars that we've had, or you can find them on our website as well, but it's just good for easy listening. Um, so find it on iTunes, SEO Happy Hour w, with WDWDC+. Thank you all for joining us. Um, I don't know that we have any other questions. We went a little bit over, but I appreciate all of you for staying on, man. We had a we had a good group. I think we uh, maxed it out today. So thank you all for signing up and, and all of our partners. Our sponsor today was Scotch. Uh, <laughs> so happy Friday. Uh, appreciate you. Again, please feel free to reach out. There's no obligation with these audits. We do them all the time, but, but again, um, you know, a lot of the people that do do the audit do retain us, um, but you know, there's absolutely it's it's all educational. We're not selling you anything, um, and that's the first thing Jason always says. You know, we're we're gonna I'm gonna go and through SEO with you from beginning to end, kind of like you're a three year old, and I'm gonna show you everything that's wrong, and, and you're gonna learn a lot. And that's exactly how these guys do all the SEO, and and we've been managing our business. So again, thank you, and happy Friday. Appreciate thanks, it. Guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. Jason. Thanks, Jordan. Bye, guys. Thank you. Ryan, thanks, buddy. Thanks so much for listening to SEO Happy Hour with We Do Web Content. For more great content and to stay up to date, go to WeDoWebContent.com and we'll catch you next time.